Act Five of the First Part of Tamburlaine the Great by Christopher Marlowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Five, Scene One Enter the Governor of Damascus with three or four citizens and four virgins with branches of laurel in their hands still doth this man or rather god of war batter our walls and beat our turrets down and to resist with longer stubbornness or hope of rescue from the soldan's power were but to bring our wilful overthrow and make us desperate of our threatened lives we see his tents have now been altered with terrors to the last and cruellest hue his coal-black colours everywhere advanced threaten our city with a general spoil and if we should with common rights of arms offer our safeties to his clemency i fear the custom proper to his sword which he observes as parcel of his fame intending so to terrify the world by any innovation or remorse will never be dispensed with till our deaths therefore for these our harmless virgin sakes whose honours and whose lives rely on him let us have hope that their unspotted prayers their blubbered cheeks and hearty humble moans will melt his fury into some remorse and use us like a loving conqueror if humble suit or imprecations uttered with tears of wretchedness and blood shed from the heads and hearts of all our sex some made your wives and some your children might have entreated your obdurate breasts to entertain some care of our securities whilst only danger beat upon our walls these more than dangerous warrants of our death had never been erected as they be nor you depend on such weak helps as we well lovely virgins think our country's care our love of honour loath to be enthralled to foreign powers and rough imperious yokes would not with too much cowardice or fear before all hope of rescue were denied submit yourselves and us to servitude therefore in that your safeties and our own your honours liberties and lives were weighed in equal care and balance with our own endure as we the malice of our stars the wrath of tamburlaine and power of wars or be the means the overweighing heavens have kept to qualify these hot extremes and bring us pardon in your cheerful looks then here before the majesty of heaven and holy patrons of egyptia with knees and hearts submissive we entreat grace to our words and pity to our looks that this device may prove propitious and through the eyes and ears of tamburlaine convey events of mercy to his heart 
Grant that these signs of victory we yield may bind the temples of his conquering head, to hide the folded furrows of his brows, and shadow his displeased countenance with happy looks of ruth and lenity. Leave us, my lord and loving countrymen. What simple virgins may persuade, we will. Farewell, sweet virgins, on whose safe return depends our city, liberty, and lives. Accent all except the virgins. Enter Tamburlaine, all in black, and very melancholy, Tichelis, Theridimus, Usum Cassane, with others. What? Are the turtles frayed out of their nests? Alas, poor fools, must you be first shall feel the sworn destruction of Damascus. They knew my custom. Could they not as well have sent ye out when first my milk-white flags, through which sweet mercy through her gentle beams, reflexed them on their disdainful eyes, as now when fury and incensed hate flings slaughtering terror from my coal-black tents, and tells for truth submission comes too late? Most happy king and emperor of the earth, image of honour and nobility, for whom the powers divine have made the world, and on whose throne the holy graces sit, in whose sweet person is comprised the sum of nature's skill and heavenly majesty, pity our plights. O oh, pity poor Damascus! Pity old age, within whose silver hairs honour and reverence evermore have reigned! Pity the marriage-bed, where many a lord in prime and glory of his loving joy embraceth now with tears of ruth and blood the jealous body of his fearful wife, whose cheeks and hearts, so punished with conceit, to think thy puissant never-stayed arm will part their bodies, and prevent their souls from heavens of comfort yet their age might bear, now wax all pale and withered to the death. As well for grief our ruthless governor hath thus refused the mercy of thy hand, whose sceptre angels kiss and furies dread, as for their liberties, their loves or lives. O oh, then, for these and such as we ourselves, for us, for infants, and for all our bloods that never nourished thought against thy rule, pity, O oh, pity, sacred emperor, the prostrate service of this wretched town, and take in sign thereof this gilded wreath whereto each man of rule hath given his hand, and wished as worthy subjects happy means to be investors of thy royal brows, even with the true Egyptian diadem. Virgins, in vain you labour to prevent that which mine honour swears shall be performed. Behold my sword, what see you at the point? Nothing but fear, and fatal steel, my lord. Your fearful minds are thick and misty, then, for there sits death. There sits imperious death, keeping his circuit by the slicing edge. But I am pleased you shall not see him there. He now is seated on my horsemen's spears, and on their points his fleshless body feeds. Ticellis, straight go charge a few of them to charge these dames and show my servant death sitting in scarlet on their armoured spears oh pity us away with them i say and show them death the virgins are taken out by tichelis and others 
I will not spare these proud Egyptians, nor change my martial observations for all the wealth of Gihon's golden waves, or for the love of Venus would she leave the angry god of arms and lie with me. They have refused the offer of their lives, and know my customs are as peremptory as wrathful planets, death or destiny. Re-enter Tichelis. What, have your horsemen shown the virgin's death? They have, my lord, and on Damascus's walls have hoisted up their slaughtered carcasses. A sight as baneful to their souls, I think, as are Thessalian drugs or Mithridate. But go, my lords, put the rest to the sword. Exeunt all except Tamburlaine. Ah, fair Xenocrate, divine Xenocrate, fair is too foul an epithet for thee that in thy passion for thy country's love and fear to see thy kingly father's harm with hair dishevelled wipest thy watery cheeks and like to flora in her morning's pride shaking her silver tresses in the air rain'st on the earth resolved pearl in showers and sprinklest sapphires on thy shining face where beauty mother to the muses sits and comments volumes with her ivory pen taking instructions from thy flowing eyes eyes when that abena steps to heaven in silence of thy solemn evening's walk making the mantle of the richest night the moon the planets and the meteors light their angels in their crystal armors fight a doubtful battle with my tempted thoughts for egypt's freedom and the soldan's life his life that so consumes anacrate whose sorrows lay more siege unto my soul than all my army to Damascus' walls. And neither Persia's sovereign nor the Turk troubled my senses with conceit of foil so much by much as doth Xenocrate. What is beauty, saith my sufferings then? If all the pens that ever poets held had fed the feeling of their master's thoughts, and every sweetness that inspired their hearts, their minds, and muses on admired themes— if all the heavenly quintessence they still from their immortal flowers of poesy wherein as in a mirror we perceive the highest reaches of human wit if these had made one poem's period and all combined in beauty's worthiness yet should there hover in their restless heads one thought one grace one wonder at the least which into words no virtue can digest but how unseemly is it for my sex my discipline of arms and chivalry my nature and the terror of my name to harbour thoughts effeminate and faint save only that in beauty's just applause with whose instinct the soul of man is touched and every warrior that is rapt with love of fame of valour and of victory must needs have beauty beat on his conceits i thus conceiving and subduing both that which hath stooped the chiefest of the gods even from the fiery spangled veil of heaven to feel the lovely warmth of shepherds flames and mask in cottages of strowed reeds shall give the world to note for all my birth that virtue solely is the sum of glory and fashions men with true nobility who's within there enter attendants Hath Bajazeth been fed to-day? Ay, my lord. Bring him forth, and let us know if the town be ransacked. Accent, attendants. Enter Tichelis, Theridimus, Usum Kasane, and others. 
The town is ours, my lord, and fresh supply of conquest and of spoil is offered us. That's well, Ticelles. What's the news? The Soldan and the Arabian king together march on us with such eager violence as if there were no way but one with us. No more there is not, I warrant thee, Ticelles. Attendants bring in Bajazeth in his cage, followed by Zabina. Exent attendants. We know the victory is ours, my lord, but let us save the reverend Soldan's life, for fair Zenocrate, that so laments his state. That will we chiefly see unto, Theridamus, for sweet Zenocrate, whose worthiness deserves a conquest over every heart. And now my footstool, if I lose the field, you hope of liberty and restitution. Here let him stay, my masters, from the tents, till we have made us ready for the field. Pray for us, Bajazeth, we are going. Exent all except Bajazeth and Zabina. Go never to return with victory. Millions of men encompass thee about, and gore thy body with as many wounds. Sharp-forked arrows light upon thy horse. Furies from the black cockatus lake break up the earth, and with their firebrands enforce thee run upon the baneful pikes. Volleys of shot pierce through thy charmed skin, and every bullet dipped in poisoned drugs. Or roaring cannons sever all thy joints, making thee mount as high as eagles soar. Let all the swords and lances in the field stick in his breast as in their proper rooms. At every pore let blood come dripping forth, that lingering pains may massacre his heart, and madness send his damned soul to hell. Ah, fair Zabina, we may curse his power, the heavens may frown, the earth for anger quake, but such a star hath influenced his sword, as rules the skies and countermands the gods more than Cimmerian sticks or destiny. And then shall we in this detested guise, with shame, with hunger, and with horror stay, griping our bowels with retalked thoughts, and have no hope to end our ecstasies. Then is there left no Mahomet, no God, no friend, no fortune, nor no hope of end to our infamous monstrous slaveries? Gape earth, and let the fiends infernal view a hell as hopeless and as full of fear as are the blasted banks of Erebus, where shaking ghosts with ever-howling groans hover about the ugly ferryman to get a passage to Elysium. Why should we live? O oh, wretches, beggars, slaves! Why live we, Bajazath, and build up nests so high within the region of the air by living long in this oppression that all the world will see and laugh to scorn the former triumphs of our mightiness and this obscure, infernal servitude? O oh, life, more loathsome to my vexed thoughts than noisome parbreak of the Stygian snakes, which fills the nooks of hell with standing air, infecting all the ghosts with cureless griefs. O oh, dreary engines of my loathed sight, that see my crown, my honour, and my name thrust under the yoke and thraldom of a thief, why feed ye still on day's accursed beams, and sink not quite into my tortured soul? You see my wife, my queen, and empress, bought up and propped by the hand of fame, queen of fifteen contributory queens, now thrown to rooms of black objection, smeared with blots of basest drudgery, and villainess to shame, disdain, and misery. Accursed Bajazeth, 
whose words of ruth that would with pity cheer zabina's heart and make our souls resolve in ceaseless tears sharp hunger bites upon the gripes of root from whence the issues of my thoughts do break oh poor zabina oh my queen my queen fetch me some water for my burning breast to cool and comfort me with longer date that in the shortened sequel of my life i may pour forth my soul into thine arms with words of love whose moaning intercourse hath hitherto been stayed with wrath and hate of our expressless banned inflictions. Sweet Bajazeth, I will prolong thy life as long as any blood or spark of breath can quench or cool the torments of my grief. Exit. Now, Bajazeth, abridge thy baneful days, and beat the brains out of thy conquered head, since other means are all forbidden me that may be ministers of my decay. O highest lamp of ever-living Jove, accursed day, infected with my griefs, hide now thy stained face in endless night, and shut the windows of the lightsome heavens. Let ugly darkness with her rusty coach, engirt with tempest, wrapped in pitchy clouds, smother the earth with never-fading mists and let her horses from their nostrils breathe rebellious winds and dreadful thunderclaps that in this terror tamburlaine may live and my pinned soul resolved in liquid air may still excruciate his tormented thoughts then let the stony dart of senseless cold pierce through the centre of my withered heart and make a passage for my loathed life he brains himself against the cage re-enter zabina what do mine eyes behold my husband dead his skull all riven in twain his brains dashed out the brains of bajazeth my lord and sovereign oh bajazeth my husband and my lord oh bajazeth oh turk oh emperor give him his liquor not i bring milk and fire in my blood I bring him again. Tear me in pieces. Give me the sword with a ball of wild fire upon it. Down with him. Down with him. Go to my child. Away. Away, away. Ah, save that infant. Save him. Save him. I, even I, speak to her. The sun was down. Streamers white, red, black. Here, here, here. Fling the meat in his face. Tamburlaine. Tamburlaine, let the soldiers be buried. Hell, death, Tamburlaine, hell. Make ready my coach, my chair, my jewels. I come, I come, I come. Ah! She runs against the cage and brains herself. Enter Xenocrate with Anipe. Wretched Xenocrate that livest to see damascus walls dyed with egyptians blood thy father's subjects and thy countrymen the streets strode with dissevered joints of men and wounded bodies gasping yet for life but most accursed to see the sun-bright troop of heavenly virgins and unspotted maids whose looks might make the angry god of arms to break his sword and mildly treat of love on horsemen's lances to be hoisted up and guiltlessly endure a cruel death 
for every fell and stout tartarian steed that stamped on others with their thundering hoofs when all their riders charged their quivering spears began to check the ground and rein themselves gazing upon the beauty of their looks ah tamburlaine wert thou the cause of this that termed xenocrate thy dearest love whose lives were dearer to xenocrate than her own life or aught save thine own love but see another bloody spectacle ah wretched eyes the enemies of my heart how are ye glutted with these grievous objects and tell my soul more tales of bleeding ruth see see anipe if they breathe or no no breath nor sense nor motion in them both ah madam this their slavery hath enforced and ruthless cruelty of tamburlaine earth cast up fountains from thy entrails and wet thy cheeks for their untimely deaths shake with their weight in sign of fear and grief blush heaven that gave them honour at their birth and let them die a death so barbarous those that are proud of fickle empery and place their chiefest good in earthly pomp behold the turk and his great empress ah tamburlaine my love sweet tamburlaine that fights for sceptres and for slippery crowns behold the turk and his great empress thou that in conduct of thy happy stars sleeps every night with conquest on thy brows yet wouldst shun the wavering turns of war in fear and feeling of the like distress behold the turk and his great empress ah mighty jove and holy myomet pardon my love oh pardon his contempt of earthly fortune and respect of pity and let not conquest ruthlessly pursued be equally against his life incensed in this great turk and hapless empress and pardon me that was not moved with ruth to see them live so long in misery ah what may chance to thee xenocrate madam content yourself and be resolved your love hath fortune so at his command that she shall stay and turn her wheel no more as long as life maintains his mighty arm that fights for honour to adorn your head enter philemus what other heavy news now brings philemus madam your father and the arabian king the first effector of your excellence come now as turnus gainst aeneas did armed with lance into the egyptian fields ready for battle gainst my lord the king now shame and duty love and fear present a thousand sorrows to my martyred soul whom should i wish the fatal victory when my poor pleasures are divided thus and racked by duty from my cursed heart my father and my first betrothed love must fight against my life and present love wherein the change i use condemns my faith and makes my deeds infamous through the world but as the gods to end the trojans toil prevented turnus of lavinia and fatally enriched aeneas love so 
for a final issue to my griefs to pacify my country and my love must tamburlaine by their resistless powers with virtue of a gentle victory conclude a league of honour to my hope then as the powers divine have preordained with happy safety of my father's life send like defence of fair arabia they sound to the battle within and tamburlaine enjoys the victory after which the king of arabia enters wounded what cursed power guides the murdering hands of this infamous tyrant's soldiers that no escape may save their enemies nor fortune keep themselves from victory lie down arabia wounded to the death and let xenocrates fair eyes behold that as for her thou bearest these wretched arms even so for her thou diest in these arms leaving thy blood for witness of thy love too dear a witness for such love my lord behold xenocrates the cursed object whose fortunes never mastered her griefs behold her wounded in conceit for thee as much as thy fair body is for me then shall i die with full contented heart having beheld divine xenocrity whose sight with joy would take away my life as now it bringeth sweetness to my wound if i had not been wounded as i am ah the deadly pangs i suffer now would lend an hour's license to my tongue to make discourse of some sweet accidents half chanced my merits in this worthless bondage and that i might be privy to the state of thy deserved contentment and thy love but making now a virtue of thy sight to drive all sorrow from my fainting soul since death denies me further cause of joy deprived of care my heart with comfort dies since thy desired hand shall close mine eyes dies re-enter tamburlaine leading the soldan tecellis theridimus usum cassane with others come happy father of xenocrate a title higher than thy soldan's name though my right hand have thus enthralled thee thy princely daughter here shall set thee free she that hath calmed the fury of my sword which had ere this been bathed in streams of blood as vast and deep as euphrates or nile o sight thrice welcome to my joyful soul to see the king my father issue safe from dangerous battle of my conquering love well met my only dear xenocrate though with the loss of egypt and my crown twas i my lord that gat the victory and therefore grieve not at your overthrow since i shall render all into your hands and add more strength to your dominions than ever yet confirmed the gyptian crown the god of war resigns his room to me meaning to make me general of the world jove viewing me in arms looks pale and wan fearing my power should pull him from his throne where'er i come the fatal sisters sweat and grisly death by running to and fro to do their ceaseless homage to my sword and here in Africa, where it seldom rains since i arrived with my triumphant host have swelling clouds drawn from wide gaping wounds been oft resolved in bloody purple showers a meteor that might terrify the earth and make it quake at every drop it drinks 
Millions of souls sit on the banks of Styx, waiting the back return of Charon's boat. Hell and Elysium swarm with ghosts of men that I have sent from sundry foughten fields to spread my fame through hell and up to heaven. And see, my lord, a sight of strange import. Emperors and kings lie breathless at my feet. The Turk and his great empress, as it seems, left to themselves while we were at the fight, have desperately dispatched their slavish lives. With them Arabia, too, hath left his life. All sights of power to grace my victory, and such are objects fit for Tamburlaine, wherein, as in a mirror, may be seen his honour that consists in shedding blood when men presume to manage arms with him. Mighty hath God and Mahomet made thy hand, renowned Tamburlaine, to whom all kings of force must yield their crowns and emperies, and I am pleased with this my overthrow, if, as beseems a person of thy state, thou hast with honour us Senaquite. Her state and person want no pomp, you see, and for all blot of foul in chastity, I record heaven, her heavenly self is clear. Then let me find no further time to grace her princely temples with the Persian crown. But here, these kings, that on my fortunes wait, and have been crowned for proved worthiness, even by this hand that shall establish them, shall now, adjoining all their hands with mine, invest her here the queen of Persia. What saith the noble Soldan and Xenocrate? I yield with thanks and protestations of endless honour to thee for her love. Then doubt I not, but fair Xenocrate will soon consent to satisfy us both. Else should I much forget myself, my lord. Then let us set the crown upon her head, That hath long lingered for so high a seat. My hand is ready to perform the deed, For now her marriage time shall work us rest. And here's the crown, my lord, help set it on. Then sit thou down, divine Xenocrate, And here we crown thee queen of Persia, and all the kingdoms and dominions that late the power of Tamburlaine subdued. As Juno, when the giants were suppressed, that darted mountains at her brother Jove, so looks my love, shadowing in her brows triumphs and trophies for my victories. Or as Latona's daughter, bent to arms, adding more courage to my conquering mind. To gratify thee, sweet Xenocrate, Egyptians, Moors, and men of Asia, from Barbary unto the western India, shall pay a yearly tribute to thy sire, and from the bounds of Afric to the banks of Ganges shall his mighty arm extend. And now, my lords and loving followers, that purchased kingdoms by your martial deeds, cast off your armour, put on scarlet robes, mount up your royal places of estate, environed with troops of noblemen, and there make laws to rule your provinces. Hang up your weapons on Alcides' posts, for Tamburlaine takes truce with all the world. Thy first betrothed love, Arabia, shall we with honour, as beseems, entomb with this great Turk and his fair empress. Then, after all these solemn exequies, we will our rites of marriage solemnize. Accent. End of Act Five. End of the First Part of Tamburlaine the Great by Christopher Marlowe. This 
has been a LibriVox recording.